Ever heard of a podcast where one of the hosts has no idea what's going on? Well, now you have. Welcome to Unprompted, the show where one of the hosts shows up completely unaware of the conversation topic for the episode. From technology to society to history, life, and more, each episode features a unique topic and the hosts unravel the details together using nothing but their background knowledge and past experiences. Hosted by Luke Bogus and Jared Arts, we hope you enjoy today's Unprompted Conversation. Mr. Jared. Mr. Luke. How? I'm kind of curious how this episode is different from the past ones. Considering that we just came off an episode with a guest, I'm kind of curious how this, how this episode is different from I mean, the last. It'd be unprecedented to do two episodes with a guest mm. back-to-back. Mm. It'd be unprecedented to do an in-person podcast after a guest episode. It'd be unprecedented to do that in a random hotel room. With a live studio audience. With a live studio audience. But lo and behold, all of your dreams have come true. <laughs> Listeners, yeah. we have an exciting news for you. We have another guest. This is our fourth guest ever, I believe, yes. on the podcast. And we're just going to let him introduce himself. Well, hello. Uh, my name's Dom Giannato. Mm. I, I'm absolutely thrilled to bless the ears of the zeros of listeners of this podcast, <laughs> including the one from Iceland. This is the shows I've done my research wow, on. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. The zeros of listeners. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, yeah, so I met Luke in college. Um, I'm also from Nebraska. Surprise, surprise. Mm, also work for Microsoft. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> also live in Capitol Hill. Um, Which Jared loves. I, it's my favorite place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Luke also loves it, mm, yes, especially the uh, world-class QFC. That mm. <laughs> it is world-class. Um, but yeah, met Luke in college, met Jared after college, pleased to call him a new friend, uh, and I'm very pleased to be on this podcast. Wow. It's going to be a great episode. It's great to have you here. It's been a lot of fun. In the last year, we've been like, we live like three blocks from each other, yeah. and so it's been nice to... Uh, yeah, enjoy Seattle with you. So it's a bummer I'm leaving, but I'm glad we have this moment to share Indeed. live yeah. for the zeros of listeners, listeners out there. I'm kind of curious. Do we have anything we want to chat about before our guest brings the topic? I yeah. actually have something. Okay. A new segment. A new segment? Jared reviews a movie. So <laughs> <laughs> That rolls off the tongue. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> I watched a movie. On the flight from Nebraska to Seattle. You're kidding. We're in person. (laughs) Wow. Okay. If no one caught it, we're all in the same room. Yeah. And we're at a hotel. And we're at a hotel. We're ripping off of one another. Yes. So, I was sitting there. What am I going to do for three and a half hours? And I saw on the selections, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yes. A classic movie, which I've never seen. Of course. But, and I watched it. And I will do Jared Reviews a movie. 2001 A Space Odyssey is not a good movie. Oh, I don't know if you, have you guys seen it? I have, and that is not a hot take in okay. my opinion. Well, it may be a hot take for the general masses, but for the folks in this room who have seen the movie, <laughs> I don't think that it's a very hot take. It is a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> there is maybe 20 minutes of dialogue. It is 90% like sweeping shots to music that is not good. Wow. That music is not good. The story's not good. The character development's poor. The. The, the cinematography is bad. Whoa. That is a hot take. It's just not good. That is a hot take. Do you remember the scene at the end? When he, like, gets to... Ju- yeah. Okay, spoilers. <laughs> it's, it's a movie from 1968. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He gets to Jupiter, 
and then for 10 minutes there's just colors and shapes on the yeah. screen yeah. while like just god awful music plays that just sounds like nails on a chalkboard that, half the time that music is indeed god awful however I do think that was the point of that scene I, I understand That's the meta. point but 10 minutes yeah, I got the point long. in 30 seconds pretty I got the point long. in 30 seconds do you feel like your rating was uh, adjusted because you experienced that movie on a 480p. Wait, well, first off, was it like a device in the seat? <laughs> it was my phone. Oh, it okay. is, yes. Mm. I see. But here, here, I just was expecting a lot. Mm. You know, I think that that is, yeah. I had high expectations, and like the opening scene shattered them, as in like like in a negative way. Yeah. The Dawn of Man scene from 2001: A Space Odyssey might be one of the worst openings to any movie ever, in my opinion. Okay. These are very bold claims. Th these are incredibly hot takes That's for the film community, I think. <laughs> if any, uh, if Unfortun any <laughs> aspiring directors or current directors... Say, unfortunately, our niche is actually aspiring filmmakers <laughs> yeah. who listen to our podcast. We're going to lose so many listeners. Yeah. Zeros are going to be... Several dozens yeah. of Hollywood <laughs> listeners. Yes. All from, I don't know where... Freaking film students go to college. Hollywood. 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 Hollywood University. College. Yeah. Tough. That's tough. Well, are you going to be talking about Space Odyssey with your topic that you have today? Uh, unfortunately, no. That would be great <laughs> if my topic were, let's say, the James Webb Space Telescope. Unfortunately, <laughs> oh. Oh. it's not. I would like to talk about a topic that's a little bit, a lot broader. Mm. Um, my topic is, uh, I guess, inspiration. I always find it fascinating to trace, like, the, um, I guess, genesis of an idea, like, as far back as you can go or something like that and see, like, you know, what ideas are there that would, you know, without them, the final idea wouldn't exist. I guess generally, inspiration in the creative process, inspiration in your daily lives, I guess, not so much, like, motivational speaker type, but, like... I don't know, that kind of concept. It's always fascinated me. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the subject. It might be too broad. No, this is, is, a, this is a great, perfect topic, Okay. Uh, by the way. I'm very excited. Yeah, Luke and I have actually had a, we have. a conversation about this before. Yes, I, I am a really, uh, this is a disclaimer, I'm a very big uh, music consumer. So a lot of my stories, you know, involve that. But it could, I mean, it's just... That just happens to be the area that I know the most about. I mean, it's, it's everywhere, and it's very fascinating. Mm -hmm. Well, Luke, do you want to start us off with your topic? Sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, like, I agree. I think it's interesting, like, especially being in tech, mm -hmm. like, there's just, the fact is there's no new ideas. Right. Like, they're just riffs off old ideas, which, like, obviously is a concept across anything. It's, oh, just, yeah. it's so obvious in tech. And so, like, I think one of my favorite quotes is, like, you know, history like never repeats itself but like it does rhyme it's like mm. this concept like there's never anything specific that like you'll see over and over and over again like general humanistic themes and like general like ideologies approaches whatever and so yeah yeah it's very interesting you're right like we talked about it in like in music before where it's like it's like oh it's a dope song and it's like oh it turns out it samples 27 songs yeah. and oh it interpolates this song and oh yeah it's a cover of that song it's yeah. like oh wait a second but this song's dope yeah so yeah I don't know what do you think Jared? And I think it's interesting when you talk about, like, not, I don't want to dispute the idea that, like, there's no new ideas. But the question then is, like, what the heck is an idea? Because, like, in computing, for example, in, like, 
the 80s and 90s, like the idea of like neural networks was coming around. And it's like neural networks in the context of computing was like a new idea. But neural networks in general like wasn't a new idea. And so what I think is interesting is and it's like music too, because mm -hmm. it's like, I'm not a music person in general, uh, but it's like, I can see like, when you do something on like a new instrument, like when the electric guitar came around or, um, or like the electric bass, as opposed to like older styles of instruments, you're probably, you're borrowing things from like classical composers, you're borrowing things from like thousands of years of musical tradition, but is doing that on a, on a new medium enough to make it a new idea or in like other technological spaces, like is like who gets credit for SpaceX landing rockets? Is it the like 1930s sci-fi author who like said that a rocket landed in their book or is it the engineers that actually made it happen? Because like people think about crazy things all the time do we always give like the que I, the question I have is like who do you give credit for these ideas? Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, if you if you try to trace it back, like you end up at like like a man once hit a stone with a stone. Exactly. And it's like just like two thousand one. Yeah, two thousand one space odyssey. <laughs> Someone touched a, a very square rock and then used bones to to beat other chimps. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and the bone, in fact, became. The rocket and became the, and the, the very rocket. famous match cut within 2001 Space Odyssey. And you know what? It was it was maybe great for its time. <laughs> Any 12-year-old on TikTok could do a better cut oh. than So I just expected more. Yeah. But I'll jump off 2001 Space Odyssey. I don't know if anyone else Well, I mean, at the time, it was a new idea. Well, you know, perhaps not new, but like... done. No one had ever done a chimp throwing a bone in the air, transitioning to a spaceship in orbit around Earth before. Right. So do we do we give that a new idea? Based on my experience today, I'd say no for that specific <laughs> instance. Right. But I, I think that's to me that's the first thing that hits hits on my my brain. Yeah, I love that conversation. People talk about that stuff all the time. Like you know, a lot of cynics like to say, "Oh, there's no new ideas. There's no like you can never have an original thought." And it's like, I feel like that's just like. Duh, like no, can I swear? <laughs> yes, <laughs> please. <laughs> no shit. You can't have a, like original idea. Like if you think with language, that's not an original idea, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that um, what we can classify new ideas as is just like, I don't know, any, just something that no one's, I guess, executed before. You always hear the joke about like, like tech startups or something. It's like, oh, this is like this is like Uber for rats or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's like, sure, it's Uber for rats, but has anybody like thought about Uber for rats before? I mean, it's just like you can trace any, you can really say any idea is oh, this is blank for blank mm -hmm. or this is blank plus blank or something like that. And I think that I don't know that new ideas sure there's no such thing as a completely original idea but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing mm -hmm. and I don't think that's a thing that we should be like you know well the creative process is just you know a lot of bull pucky yeah. yeah yeah and I feel like the most creative people just like embrace that like one of my favorite yeah. books I've ever read uh, it's called like steal like an artist I wish I knew the author I'll put it in the show notes but the entire will concept you? I will I will now that I write the show notes that's true, that's true. I will add it in the well show we notes. actually 
That's a fun fact about the Seth code. We have we have a live fact checker. Boom. Yes. Do you like an artist? Uh, it's a small little little tiny book, uh, but the entire concept is just like. Yeah, like like there this entire idea of like what is an idea, and I think like a lot of creatives get in this idea of like paralysis because oh that's copying or like oh that's yeah you know and but you draw like how, like where do you get inspiration from your original points like you get inspiration from other things and so you mishmash ideas and concepts and whatever and you create your own thing and so like the entire premise of the book is the better you are at stealing ideas not like literally plagiarizing but right. stealing the concepts and doing the Uber for X like that is creativity and I think that also can just like unblock the writer's block so to speak mm-hmm. like even if you start at like ripping something off by like 90% you get to a point to where all of a sudden you have an original idea and so it's like if you can just get to that point where you have something to work with yeah, then it can form into something that could be a original yeah, idea yeah I, I agree I mean getting to that point is the hard part for so many like that's why there are so few mm-hmm. like really celebrated like musicians or or artists or something like that it's because like your work is going to be derivative but like how derivative is it it's just a scale Mm -hmm. on like very derivative like say i don't know just a lot of like up and coming like say tiktok artists or something like that to like not as derivative but there are influences you know like i don't know like any song you hear 20 years after it came out Mm -hmm. something like that Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, like, with your big, uh, your handsy guy, you mm-hmm. make woods projects and stuff. Like, I can imagine, like, is following a cuts list and making a a table out of an extraction. You know, yeah. step one through step twenty is your creation original. I think that that's an interesting thing because it's like if if I make something, right? It, it's like someone's like, oh, you, you made that. And it's like, well, but I followed someone else's instructions. Mm -hmm. And it's a similar thing where it's like, I I made a desk last week and I made the design. And so like I designed it, but I like learned how to do the joints from someone like from a YouTube video Mm -hmm. where someone like taught me that. And it's like, not like I like came up with the joints. And so there's like this, this like you said, it's like a scale of how derivative is it of something else. And it's in some things when you're like, I feel like in making an engineering or in like computer science, it's like at what point in the process did you stop using other people's material and start using your own material? And I'm sure it's similar in music, but it's like in like software engineering, it's like there's a point where you you stop just using the node packages. Like there's a point in your code where like you're using node packages, but there's a level you reach where it's all your own code. Or instead of using someone else's code, you're using your own code. And that's like your layer of, and so that's your original idea and everything else isn't. And it's similar like the like wood woodworking. It's like the joints are not my idea. Like I can't claim that these are my joints, but the desk design I can say is mine, and the end the, the product I can say is mine, whether I'm proud of how it turned out or not. It's like that's mine. So this chunk is my original idea, mm-hmm. and it's almost like you get to this point where you could even do this in music too, where you say this part of the song is clearly inspired from somewhere else, but that inspiration facilitated the creative original work that is seventy five percent the rest of the song or whatever. Yeah. And so I feel like that's that's how I think about it in the context of the woodworking. I think it applies to other 
you know, in kind of engineering as well, and I'm sure it applies to multiple other areas. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I guess I'm not sure. Yeah, like you brought up a good point. Like, because I think about that a lot too. It's like my current projects at work, not that I'll disclose too much, but it's this concept of like, you know, if you're building a data science model, like there's only, not only, but you get the point. There's like a, a classic six or seven canonical things that you can do. Like the concept of, you mentioned neural nets, like the concept of doing a chi-square test on data, not novel, but doing that on a certain data set and then doing something else that could be novel and the solution and the next steps you do with it is novel. So it's interesting, yeah, it's like when you break it down to its fundamental parts, you can say, oh, this sample from this song, not original. Oh, like this um, you know, model that you're gonna do for this data part, not original. But then like the farther you go up the chain, it's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And you get to a point where it's like, okay, the whole, 96% original, 4% not. Yeah. But when you look at the components, it's like, oh yeah, that's a sample from this, or it's a piece of code from Stack Overflow on that. Totally. I mean, yeah, there's definitely some fields that criticize um, the level of inspiration a lot more than other fields. Mm -hmm. Like, if you take, say, like, some field that uses, that writes a lot of papers, like psychology or something like that, like, you have to have such a wealth of sources being cited in there to even begin research or begin to like draw a conclusion like you're not going to find a psych paper without sources <laughs> or like you have to find the original psych paper yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like a math paper like based off of this and this and this is it i guess i don't know is it inspiration or is it like what's the line between inspiration and just knowledge you know mm -hmm. well the question is like there's the full phrase like we're building on the shoulders of giants right right, right? and so it's like oh, what point is is there a difference between building on top of other people's work and being inspired by their work and i feel like that's an interesting question i don't know if there is a difference but you can maybe make an argument yeah i i think that that's a really i think that's a really good question like where's <laughs> the line between building off of others mm -hmm and being inspired by others. Well, I guess if like what you're conscious of, I feel like a lot of people, when they get inspired by somebody like, you know, this, um, this book I wrote was inspired by, I don't know, Harry Potter or something like that. Like I know that, but also there's like all these story conventions that have been inspired by, you know, fantasy books that you haven't read or just general things that exist in the realm of like literature you know mm -hmm. so it's like I don't know it's kind of an interesting distinction to make like what are your influences versus what are just everyone's influences I guess mm -hmm. I don't know how much weight um, your previous consumption or ideas have both consciously and subconsciously I also think that's fascinating. Like, could you have been inspired? Like, there are plenty of examples of things that, like, you know, like somebody comes out with something and then somebody else is like, oh, this reminds me a lot of this. And then the person who originally created it is like, oh, like, shit, yeah, it totally is. Like, I never thought of that or yeah. something like that. Like, people will hear things or read things or something like that and interpret them in their own way, forget that they heard that stuff and then you know create something based off of it mm -hmm. and i think that does happen like genuinely like a lot of lawsuits like sort of copyright 
type stuff. Well, maybe not a lot, but definitely some are just like that. That's, that's definitely like purely accidental. I think that's kind of an interesting thing that happens in our brains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the unconscious thing is interesting because, like, with the example I was going to give before you made that point was like this whole like Olivia Rodrigo Paramore situation. Oh, yeah. It's like it's a different tone if she would have come out with it, like come out with the song and then instantly credited, or like you know it was just like she in interviews said, "Oh, I was inspired by Paramore." Like, right. there's something different about like acknowledging the things that you're inspired by versus releasing it and then somebody backtracking it, mapping it together, and being like. Oh, that sounds a lot like it. And the label's like, ah, shit, we should probably add them. Like, yeah. it's just a totally different tone and inspiration. Um, and you're right. It's like, it might not even have been like, I guarantee it wasn't like crossing their fingers. Oh, no one finds out. But yeah. like, it, subconsciously, 100%, it was influenced by it. Well, I mean, she's a huge pop star. So yeah. it's like, well, I guess she yeah. was after that. Abby. like, she's she's got a team of people. And one of them is like, you know, I think the kids need more, you know, misery business by Paramore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so they're like, okay, we're going to write this song that's like it. Because mm-hmm. that happens. That, do- that does happen, like, all the time. I'm going to write this this song for today. I'm going to write the Uber for rats, you know? Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> One thing that I find interesting is, like, moving it slightly more back into, like, a personal aspect or, like, a company aspect. Yeah. Is it's Do you feel like you, in, like, time and motivation, do you feel like you could be motivated one way or the other, like, more strongly by... We're building the Uber for X. Like, we are doing something in a new way mm-hmm. versus we are doing something completely original. Like, in terms of, like, a message that you inspire yourself and with other, like, a different type of inspiration. Like, mm-hmm. inspire others and yourself to, to be motivated to do a task. Is, it's like, like, SpaceX would say, like, we are becoming, like, the, like, building, like, airlines for space travel, essentially. Yeah. Like, reusable. And that's, like, a... You know, that can be like a motivating thing, but you could also say we're like pioneering completely new technology and that's like equally uh, motivational. And so like, do you feel like in your personal lives, like if you're working on, let's say a song, would you feel like you'd be more motivated saying, okay, I'm, I'm bringing all this together versus I'm making something new and then only be influenced by those like subconsciously influenced, inspired yeah. versus like um, consciously inspired. I think that depends quite a lot because if it just depends on really your motivation for doing what you're doing um, instead of where you got your idea from. Because, like, I think you can be equally motivated if you came up with some brand new startup thing as if you were like, well, I'm looking at this company that already exists and I think that with this new, um, I guess, spin on their technology, you could really do something that, like, that you would be proud of, I guess. So it's not like, uh, you know, I'm tasting Coke. Oh, what if I made Pepsi? (laughs) Like, it's more of a... I don't know. You, like, maybe a, (laughs) a nobler example would be better, but, like, taxis no that's not even a good example like taxis versus uber or something like that like if you if you found um i don't know if you were like looking at let's say solar panels and you were like if you combine them with this then that's just gonna be like it's gonna change the world or something Mm -hmm. like that like it's still solar panels Mm -hmm. like you're gonna base like you didn't invent that but if you make it like that much better like i would still be that much 
more motivated. Mm-hmm. It's like if we're talking about music again, like if I'm like if I'm like I love Frank Ocean, I'm gonna make a Frank Ocean song, but I'm gonna sing it. Mm-hmm. Like I would feel like more disingenuous than if I were like I love Frank Ocean. What if I could capture, you know, this part and add I don't know, this artist or like this other thing that I like basically. Then I would be like, "Well, I'm creating something that I believe in and is not a ripoff." Like <laughs> I guess yeah. it's I guess it's how much of a ripoff really is it and how much does that matter to you? That's like the equation for if you're going to be if you're going to enjoy what you're making. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of thoughts on that. I think like the first one that you said, like, like back to like my analogy earlier about how like you know if you dissect pieces and components of a song, you can see that this samples from here and this interpolates mm-hmm. there. But the highest you go up the funnel, you realize it's an original song. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's like a really interesting fascination. I don't know if I want to say in our generation, maybe just like who, who we are, mm-hmm. and just like novelty, newness. Like we did an episode not that long ago on blockchain and Web three, and it's just like. There's one concept, like maybe like interoperability or like this public let, right? There's like one little thing and there's a bajillion other attempts at things that already exist, but on the blockchain, things that already exist, but web three, things that already exist, but whatever. I think about that with like EVs, electric cars now. It's like electric car, like it is what it is. And at the highest level, it's not original, but when you zoom down, maybe there's something about the are, you know the design where it's more aerodynamic and it gets more battery range therefore it's more efficient therefore yeah. it's innovative therefore it's original or battery cells and this and that so it's like yeah it's interesting how when you go your point earlier about like if you go in with the idea of like I'm going to take and steal from these things and make this idea versus like go in with the concept of I needed to be original I feel like going in with the concept of it needing to be original is like a death sentence like that is so stressful and that is so like goes back to the book about just like if you can just buy into the fact that like I am going to steal ideas from people and that is okay because mm-hmm. as long as it's not like literally plagiarizing yeah. it's like you know it's pretty amazing like the things you can riff off of and think about when you like intentionally try to combine this concept that concept and this concept you bring it together you have your own ideas I don't know I think that makes sense yeah I agree I think that yeah I mean like at the end of the day it's kind of like a personal like Don said it's like yeah, what do you feel um and i and i think that like that of course changes across like time and space i think that like one thing that's interesting is like our like modern like western culture and really like the world's culture as a whole it's like so focused on like private property um and so like we're like very focused on like the idea of like you are stealing from someone else like you're not making something original whereas like at different times and places it might be like completely or like okay just to like steal someone else's thing it's like not a big deal like uh just i mean if you think about like the business climate in china for example is a lot less Mm -hmm. protective than it is in the united states on like ip and so uh but in general i feel like we have this like social push towards originality and Mm -hmm. kind of like you said we have a generational push towards novelty and those things are kind of colliding in the past i mean i would say like 100 years or so in like this this climate where it's like uh uh, like like just so much focus on that like in in music and in business and in engineering and stuff uh which i feel like is in some ways almost like a new thing is like that that we're having to focus so much on art is what i'm doing original 
Like, am I stealing from someone else? Is That's, like, a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a lot of ways, like, stealing from someone else is, like, like imitation is the best form of flattery. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's... I mean, it's always changed throughout history, so I can't say it's just now that it's like that. But it's definitely really, really big focus, I feel, right now. I think it's so interesting to think about that idea of, like, a shift. Because it's true. We do care about that so much with intellectual property you know disputes and stuff like that and then like on the complete other hand like think about like the movie industry right Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. it's full of remakes and sequels and i mean superhero movies they are different but they're all kind of the same yeah Yeah. or like star wars like huge franchises forever and ever and it's like that as a society is where we like collectively draw the line where it's like, okay, this is kind of okay. Like somebody's, you know, they're going to remake remakes. I mean, this movie that has already come out, they're just going to do it again. But now it's now. But in in a way, like if someone besides Disney made a movie based around lightsabers, Mm -hmm. it would not exist. Right. And so it's, I, I feel like even the movie industry isn't really stealing. They're just, failing to be individually creative right they're reusing their own ideas they're a band that can't find a new tune mm-hmm. whereas like um like sure like superhero movies is a good example of where they're all really sharing the exact same cookie cutter concept and just replacing characters but like i think that like overall it's like people are reusing all of their own ideas they're like not coming up with many new ideas and um i still feel like there's not enough like sharing of concepts in some way I, I something i think would be interesting is what if there was no ip protection in movies and then star wars hits in the 70s becomes popular everyone makes star wars ripoffs and it all of a sudden becomes unpopular because there's so many of them and then we move on to new ideas whereas in some ways i feel like this way that we protect ip almost keeps us sitting on these same ideas because you don't have this like natural boom bust cycle that you might have with a good idea. Mm-hmm. And so it's like they're keeping it and milking it so long when mm-hmm. it should just go away um, and be... Instead, we're waiting for Disney to make it tired instead of letting the entire industry make it tired. And I feel like that's a maybe like allowing excessive stealing. This is almost like now like an IP, IP podcast. Allowing excessive stealing can allow us to get to new original ideas faster as opposed to... Um, protecting everyone's IP and allowing them to milk it for yeah. longer. I think that that is an interesting thing to think about in terms of like crazes and trends. Mm-hmm. Cause like, um, you can have like somebody could come up with a movie. I feel like this happens. A lot. I can't think of any concrete examples right now, but you've got like this film that's like a fantasy film and it's really fucking popular. And then like everybody starts making fantasy films in kind of the same general idea. So like, let's say you have Marvel making Iron Man hits mm-hmm. and then like DC, the other comics companies, like we need to make movies like this, like a Marvel and a DC movie, very, very similar competing things. And that's not like, it's not like oversaturated yet. Mm-hmm. Like essentially, I don't know. Like, I think that you're right 
But I also think that that is kind of happening. Because, like, you listen to pop music from any decade, mm-hmm. 80s music. That's 80s music. Like, you hear that, they're like, that's from the 80s. Everybody was making that stuff, and then it became unpopular. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you had stricter shit, like, if only Depeche Mode could make 80s songs, then, <laughs> then like, would we still have 80s music today? Yeah. I don't know. It's a weird thing to think about. Because, um, yeah, it's like, you can have so many people inspired by the same thing that it gets so oversaturated. It's like you have tons of startups that fail. You have tons of, I don't know, inventions that don't get made just because they're too, they're too much of them. No one's going to, I don't know, no one's going to like stuff that they already have. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think that what it would be interesting to do is map, do like a mathematical formula, a data analysis uh-huh. on the length of time of a trend with the length of time of the media, with the number of people that are, are Im- given an impression of that. Mm. And so, for example, if we th- I think if we look at, like, the most striking example of, like, no IP pr- protection, boom-bust cycles of, like, of media is, like, memes. Yeah. Like, memes come and go in days and weeks. Yeah, that's so And, like, true. blow up on the whole internet. Usually they're few-second videos. They're images that have very short, like... Yeah, uh, like media lengths, they're exposed to a lot of people, um, and they're they're so their cycles are really short. Whereas like movies, you mentioned, like we're still in this like, I think we're in a negative movie landscape of like so many superhero movies that has like come from like the Marvel boom, right? And it's like since those are so long, and it's it's a little bit more difficult to like experience and be given an impression of those, like compared to like a meme like that cycle is a lot longer instead of being like three weeks it's like 15 30 years you have to invest a lot more time you have to invest yeah the time and like music is somewhere in between where we have almost like decade or you know five ten year stretches yeah um i think that'd be a very interesting uh math or or like some sort of phd thesis if anyone Uh, wants to do that send it our way (laughs) yeah Uh, no credits needed yeah Uh, yeah yeah our film school listeners (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is uh, very interesting. What did you have something to say? No, I was just kind of trying to think about that because, like, not that this is, like, inspiration, but I feel like this is tangential to inspiration as far as... Are we still recording? Yeah. Okay, good. I, wait, is I think it? so. <laughs> I hope so. Should I check? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Oh, thank God, listeners, we are still recording. <laughs> I knew you were on the edge of your feet. Edge of your seat. Edge, edge of your feet. Edge of your feet. <laughs> wow. We're going to do time. We're going to change time. 34. 34. Beautiful. Oh, awesome. All right, we'll, we'll just keep it. We'll keep it rolling. Yeah. So, yeah, back to, it's not really inspiration, but I think, like, one one just such interesting thing about is, like, exposure. Like, so I work with a lot of interns. Like, I've met a lot of interns at, at Microsoft. And it's so interesting like they're only three, four years younger than we are. But like the way I would describe a majority of the people that I've worked, that I've met as interns is like, they talk like TikTok. Yeah. Like things that like I would say like, you know, cause of funny, like they, they say unironically, like, yeah. you know, or there's things where it's like the other classic example is, you know, oh, when I was 13, like I was wearing these stupid clothes and yeah. I look like a dork. And now 13 year olds are like, 
you know, they look <laughs> like not 13 year olds. And so, it, but it's, what's interesting is like, it's like, oh, like this, you know, this new generation is so evolved, whatever. It's like exposure to the fact that like we get exposed to the same content that 13 year olds get exposed yeah. to. And so they get exposed to what people are wearing, what people are saying, what people are doing. And like, we see it as like, oh, like, you know, I'm watching a video about a 13 year, or excuse me, about like a 22 year old doing something who's my age. But then this 15, 13 year old is watching the same video, gets the same impressions, gets the same inspiration, one yeah. might say, about the things they're wearing, the things they're saying. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's just like, you get to a point to where like, you know, there's these facets. Like I said, like in, you, in middle school, like there's like this middle school self. And yes, there's still that middle school awkwardness, I'm sure, around. Yeah. But like, maturity is a weird word, but just again, it's like, the the example of you look at a 13 year old day and the way I looked at a 13 year old I look like a goober yeah <laughs> and like people like 13 year olds now are wearing stuff I wear which is crazy and so it's like it's crazy how like exposure I guess subconsciously inspires maybe like what people say do wear yeah I mean I think that they and us perhaps are gonna look like goobers shortly Mm. Like, mm. like any, anything that, any trend, people are going to look back at it and be like, ah, that was kind of goofy. Yeah. Now that we, yeah, I don't know. But it's like, it's like you look at an old meme, Rage Comics. I loved those when I was freaking <laughs> 11 years old. Yeah. Maybe it's because I was 11 years old, but it seemed like everybody loved them at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, they were all over the place. Maybe, maybe they were just being made by 11 year olds or goofy 22 year olds who didn't think they were goofy at the time. Very fair. You know, it, that, I feel like that's what happens with everything. Uh, eventually, you know, 2001 space odyssey, <laughs> people go to theaters blown away. I have never seen anything like this before. It's 1968. I don't know <laughs> what a computer is. <laughs> and now Jared is like, this goofy ass movie <laughs> sucks. So true. It's been celebrated for years. Yeah. And now it's just like, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, I mean, what was cool then? Yeah. You know, you have so many things that have built off yep. 2001 A Space Odyssey that you're like, this is just better. It's like, you can even watch Vines now and be like, dang, man, I like TikTok better or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like back then, a lot of people were like, Vine is the shit. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that this is, you know, the thing. This is the funniest thing ever. And like so many things I feel like that is just how the inspirational process goes. It's the same. It's the march of technology. It's the march of creativity in general. Like people just are like, this is, I'm taking something that's, I think is really good already. And I have come up with something that I think makes it better. And some of those things stick. And then you've got other things that are inspired by other things. I mean, you can just think of TikTok in general, like, I mean, that was musically before. No one thought that was cool. And then once people started building off of, like, Vine energy or, you know, the advancement of Twitter humor, memes, etc., and other people's TikToks, like, I don't know. There's a reason that thing happens, and it's because of the just just stacked creativity over time. just makes things better in general. I don't know if that was... 
<laughs> I love completely, it. Completely, like, beautiful. rambly. I don't know. No, that last quote. What did you say? Is this stacked, <laughs> stacked creativity? Yes. <laughs> stacked creativity over time. Stacked creativity over time becomes original. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I don't even know. Like, original is not necessarily the conclusion. I mean, original, you know, is part of it, but, like, better is really what matters, I think. Because, mm. like, I don't know. It's just, it's just it's just like with technology or science or anything like that. People are building off of experience, experiments and inventions that they've seen before, and they're yeah. like, "This is gonna be great." Like, unless you're Leonardo da Vinci, <laughs> you're, you're not gonna not be inspired by somebody before. I don't know. I think that like especially when you talk about like music or video, like we're talking like like social media. It's like those are all just like elements of culture, and like yeah. culture is just like expressions of like people's moods and feelings and thoughts yeah. like a collective yeah. expression of that like the society and it's like i think it's interesting when you say like when we were 13 we looked like goobers but part of that is because like society has changed like when we were 13 people would have looked at us like we were 13 year olds and they might have even said wow these 13 year olds don't look like i looked like I, when i was 13 they look older mm. because we were wearing the styles that were defined by that particular culture period right. which would have been probably whoever was in the 20s and 30s, their 20s and 30s at that point. Yeah. Well, now those people are in their 50s, and we think of those people as old people wearing 50s clothes, 50-year-old clothes, which is what maybe we were wearing when we were 13. And it's like this shifting time scale. So right now we're looking at people who are 13 and saying, they look like us, they look old. Well, when we're old, we're going to look at the 13-year-olds and be like, what the hell are they wearing? Yeah. And then we'll still be wearing freaking finance bro khakis and a polo looking at Luke over here yikes and then those 13 year olds will look at us and be like old guys wear khaki shorts and polos and they'll wear what the fuck 13 year olds wear I have no I idea I don't know we can't did you see that biker sh- biking shorts like tights shorts and mm-hmm. and tank tops I'm calling it right now wow I yeah, no one wears that today. No. Exactly. <laughs> no one. Literally hasn't been invented yet. Yeah. Yeah, it is Did, funny how cyclical, like, fashion is, too. Like, also, like, something random is, like, have you guys noticed an increase in the number of guys that have mustaches in the yeah, past, like, year? Like, Dude, top, the top gun. gun? Top yeah, it's, like, all of a sudden we're back to, last like, year, like, the past month. Yeah, I'm it's crazy. Like, it's, but it's, like, yeah, you mentioned, like, like cyclical things, like. Or the Kate Bush song we were talking about earlier. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Stranger Things catapults Kate Bush back on the yeah. charts. Yeah. <laughs> did you see that uh, that Vsauce video, the recent one? I actually did. Yeah. Yes, about uh, people looking about older. About people looking older yeah. back then. Oh. Uh, yeah. Highly recommended to all listeners. Uh, the first uh, first good Vsauce video in, in years. <laughs> I think. Like four years. Yeah, like all the other ones have been... Sorry, Michael, if you're listening, <laughs> has been uninteresting compared to the other ones. And then this one came back. This one is, is the comeback of Vsauce. What was the concept? Uh, do, um, did people in the past really look older? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Like if you look at a video, I, I think we've talked about this before. Like if you look at a video of like high schoolers from the eighties, mm. you're like, these people are 45 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, very interesting video. Uh, topic. <laughs> okay, th- okay, this is off topic, but sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> what do you guys think the longest running meme is? 
Like memes are flash in the pan. What is the longest running meme? Oh, that's a great question. I feel like the the guy going like going like that. Mm, yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. I'm glad the, the listeners, listeners know. Will not know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, you guys know. You guys know. <laughs> He's uh, the the dude who blinks and turns his head. Yes. Basically, that's it. Also, the uh, what's her name? Brittany, what's her name? That does the Brosie. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, even just if you do that, that one where she's like, mm-hmm. like, like that. That's cause probably considered an old meme by yeah. now. I guess do you, when you say like, like memes that are still actually popular, because memes live on in forty-year-old or fifty-year-old mother Facebook groups. Well, of course, but I'm talking about like. Socially relevant memes? Like, people who you would care about, I guess. <laughs> like, Are you saying that I don't care about <laughs> Okay, mm. people whose humor has shaped yours. We'll say. <laughs> I don't know, because you can say your mom has shaped your humor too. <laughs> what I mean is, in the cultural zeitgeist of meme posters, <laughs> like, are there long at the peanut gallery? Uh, <laughs> like, Rick rolling? Yeah, oh, I was, I was right. actually I'm thinking like, about that. As shit, it's as old as time itself. Yeah. yeah. That's a great example. I think that's, that's a, a great example. One. Young gravy I, I just I actually looked it up on Reddit as the, yeah. uh, as the fact checker to these mm. episodes. Yes. <laughs> what is the old, what is the longest uh, one? They said it has to be Rick Rowling. So I was like, I yeah, mean, that's probably it. I mean, I would probably agree mm-hmm. with that. Because like people still Rick Roll from time mm-hmm. to time. And it's like still funny. Still yeah. kind of funny. Yeah. You know? and it's interesting because it's like, I mean, a year ago, we still obviously would have said that was the oldest meme. But like, also the Young Gravy, like, remix. Mm-hmm. What's like, that? Oh, this rapper, I mean, dare I say, rapper. Yeah, he's a, a rapper. Do you know who Young Gravy is? No, I, I don't yeah. know any musician. Oh, wow. well, yeah. Well, you're not, first off, you're not missing out. But second, <laughs> uh, yeah, he just basically just sang over. Yeah, Never that Gonna song. Give You Up, which is, of course, sample. You know? Yes. Bring yep. it back to musical inspirations. Wow. But it is an original song, you know, mm-hmm. I would say. But it wouldn't exist without Never Gonna Give You Up. That's that's a very interesting maybe note to start to start to not, you know, end the episode on, but to kind of bring it back together. Like yeah. the other example of uh, Jack Harlow sampling Glamorous. Oh, that was... Like, it's original. Yes. It's on top of a song. Right. Literally, literally a song, play in the background, and he's just like talking over it. But it's original. Isn't yeah. that interesting? Yes. I, I mean, it, it's all interesting. Any any Kanye song. You're not going to hear it, and you're... Like, at some point, it's... It's not pointless for to ask for royalties as a sampled artist, but... You can't call it stealing if it's sampling. Like if you if you really hear "Power" by Kanye West, that song is sampled. No one knows the song that it's sampled, and like, and you dare say that that's not an original song. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, come on, you're smoking crack. Mm-hmm. You're smoking crack. It's like, I did not even know that that was. It samples like three songs. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah, but like, if you listen to any of those three songs, you're not gonna be like, oh. This sounds just like Power by Kanye West. No, no, it does. Yeah. It doesn't. It's a, it's a completely different song. Um, and just, I mean, the popularity of covers is like, I don't know what the point I was trying to make is, but it's just like 
it's just crazy how like we can let that that heavy of uh, we'll say inspiration slide because mm-hmm. it's homage or something like that. Yeah, but we would mm-hmm. never. What am I talking about? Remakes. There's what it happens in every medium. Every medium, except maybe like scientific findings. But again, like you said, like you will That's not really you will not find a scientific paper without a bajillion references yeah. to other known things. Exactly, and That's, you have to you have to get like to, to for it to be real solid scientific evidence. It has to other people have to reproduce it, which is uh, arguably a remake of uh, the original experiment. Yeah. yeah. That's true, and there are, I think there. I'm sure there are plenty of scientific studies where it's like, you know, we're going to do this study and add this thing. And we're going to do it right. And we're gonna do, I mean, not necessarily right, but like, we're basically going to redo this mm-hmm. and see if we can find something new. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like any remake. It's like any cover. It's like any something like that. Yeah. Another, I think, just great. We like random example is like how just like over time like the appreciation of the original starts to diminish. Like, mm-hmm. around the holidays, all I listen to exclusively is Pentatonix. Yeah. That's it. And they <laughs> they actually just made an original album, which is, like, kind of garbage. But all the music that I enjoy from the Christmas <laughs> albums are obviously remakes of originals, which yeah. are then also arguably remakes of originals. So it's just interesting how it's, like, over time, like, we just lose the appreciation for the original. And it's just like, oh, well, like, I enjoy this. And I'm curious, like, if... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe in twenty years, you have young people, and they're like, "Whatever." And they're like, oh, like that's that's a remake of a Pentatonix song that's, called like Sleigh Bell, or like I don't know. It's like no, that's Sleigh literally bells. like. Well, it's kind of like the cultural shifts, right? Like at a, at a certain point, like remakes become original at the point that society forgets the original, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, like Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's a great example. It's a remake, and no one, I don't know, have has anybody seen the original? Is George Clooney the original one? <laughs> no. It's like no. Frank Sinatra. Goddamn. Yeah. 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 So it's like, yeah. What What were you saying though? I, I, I forgot the context. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we affirmed your point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yes. Of course. So it's like, yeah, that's really interesting. Just if everybody forgets and then somebody else does it, is that now technically original yeah because something that interesting thought go back to ancient greece ancient rome uh-huh. what if someone was rapping in the american yeah. style like exactly like like the like the like the 90s like eminem <laughs> yeah. style rapping exactly in like ancient rome and we just everyone forgot it that is a and so is that idea, hypothetical yeah, hypothetical, right? Yeah. There's no evidence of this. But you, you can, we can't disprove it. Right. So, is rapping original? Like, someone did it in the past, but if everyone forgot, then you'd have to call it an original idea again, right? I guess that, I mean, that's true. That I mean, yes, as far as we know. Yeah. It's like, would that person have ever heard of it? Would, you know, Notorious B.I.G., did he know that the Greeks rapped? <laughs> Theoretically, in this scenario, no. Does that? I mean, obviously, he didn't invent rapping, but like, <laughs> but know. someone did at some point. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. or, or it mo- I mean, slowly morphed, but yeah. yeah, that's the scary part. Like, that's where like this entire conversation gets so interesting. It's like, who invented rapping? Like, who invented 
like computing. Like, I, yeah, you have like people that are arguably founders or whatever, and like you know, big things and concepts. But like, you know, if you say Grace Hopper, then. <laughs> but like, my point, you know, Alan, is like. Twisted T. <laughs> Twisted T. Twisted T. Invented computer science. Our uh, our peanut gallery, Shangjay, former guest. <laughs> former guest. Yeah. Disgraced guest yeah. on this podcast. So disgraced, yeah. he's drinking a Twisted T. <laughs> currently drinking Twisted yeah. T with that and rolling his eyes. <laughs> Who invented computing? He's com- he's currently fact checking that. That has a that is a closed ended question. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but it, I don't know. It is it is interesting. Like when you go back, like yeah, like who invented buildings? Who invented audio? Who invented like just concepts that now we take for complete granted? You know? Also, like there's historical examples of like you know two people invented calculus at once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and there are a couple others, but like yeah. And it, it's just what is our definition definition of original. And you were telling me about like Thomas Edison, like mm-hmm. stealing ideas of a bunch of people. Like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's also another interesting one. It's like, oh yeah, well Thomas Edison, of course he invented the light bulb. It's like, oh nope, no he didn't. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It's just I think that like, I mean, we've essentially been regurgitating the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Like, like all of human ideas are at at the same time, we are stealing everything from everyone and coming up with original ideas and concepts. And I think that that's, I mean, it's like both are necessary. It's like you need to steal people's ideas, but you need to add original things onto them for like society and then make progress. Otherwise we, we do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just consistently come up with original things, then you don't move forward. Mm-hmm. You're moving laterally. And so like, I don't know, I feel like, especially in like science and engineering and whatnot, it's a, it's like a, you're building on top of other people's things. You're, you're stealing and building on top of, and that moves society forward as opposed to just building new random things. Cause you could do a whole lot of new things in music that would sound like shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so by taking what already sounds good in general, like we know things that sound good objectively to us and then building on top of those, you're able to create new things that like push the boundary as opposed to just sounding shitty. Yeah. I think that's a great note to end on, if I would have to say so. Dom, do you have any final remarks on Jared's thoughts? I have no final remarks. I like that um, if you do only original things, you'll just move laterally. Mm. Wow. What a thesis. Yeah, what, what a great... Spewed out. <laughs> I thought that was great. With no, with no, no if you, foresight. If you add the phrase stacked creativity... Yes, oh, I was just going to say yeah. that's the second I one. I think it could be 100%. If useful. you... If you do only original things, you aren't able to achieve stacked creativity, <laughs> which is what truly drives human innovation. Dude, wow. okay, now now stacked creativity just sounds like a like a synergy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say it right now, stacked creativity buzzword 2023. <laughs> yep. Every All, business stack, every mission statement will contain the word stacked creativity. <laughs> and that might be the uh, the title of the episode. Stacked. Wow. But, well, right. man, what 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 a great what a great conversation. What yeah. a great topic. Thank you, sir. Hey, you're welcome. Um, but we obviously cannot end the conversation without the now very recurring segment where Jared displays his knowledge of history based off of a time, like a time frame, a place, a person. And it would only be right if our guest could think of any any concept in history that he could test Jared's brain. Currently, he's yeah. like twenty for twenty. Like I don't think he has. 
the the metric here is do I does Luke know the fact or not? Because I don't know shit about history, and so far he has blown my mind every time. There was one episode where he almost I almost got him, and then he just switched up the last second. It shocked me. I think that Dom has an incredible opportunity to to get me here wow. because Dom knows more about music than I know about my own left hand. Oh. Shit. <laughs> Saddam, feel free to serve up a time, a place, a person. <laughs> well, well, Jared kind of set me up for something, but I wanted to get him another way. Do you know anything about Southeast Asia? Uh, it's one of my weaker areas of historical knowledge, but I know one or a little bit. Okay, that's why I asked, because I thought I, would get, I think you mentioned it on a, another episode. Of wow, that's wow. a true listener. Whoa. I listened to like three episodes. This is crazy. Yeah. You mean 23? Yeah. Right? Yeah, every yeah, single exactly. one of them. Okay. Exactly. That's what I figured you said. Um, if we're, if, let's see. Is there something I actually am curious about or something? Um, oh, goodness. <sighs> this is a lot of dead air. <laughs> I have to cut this out. I gotta come up with something. Um, do you know any um, stories about, I guess, plagiarism in in history? Like That's excessive great... plagiarism. <laughs> That's awesome. That is a really good question. <laughs> a really hard question. I'm gonna need to take some time to think out loud, to in order to like see if I actually can think of anything. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> yes. Great. During the first Punic War. Okay. Uh, Roman Carthage, the classic story. This was not the Hannibal War. That was the Second Punic War. Okay. The First Punic War was the first time that Rome and Carthage clashed. Clashed. Rome at the time only controlled the Italian peninsula, and uh, Carthage controlled kind of Libya, northern Africa, parts of Spain, and the war was over Sicily. The big problem was that. Carthage was the most powerful navy in the Western Mediterranean, and they had extremely good ship designs, extremely good crews, and Rome did not. Rome had essentially no navy. They relied only on what they called their allies on the peninsula to maintain naval forces, which were overall really small. So the story goes, and it's relatively backed up by fact, that at one point, a ship from a Carthaginian patrol, one of their, I believe it was a, um, a quinturim, which would mean uh, is a ship that has four banks of rows, or four banks of, of rows, like rowers. Yeah. But what that really means is usually that there were two rows with two people on each row in every like vertical slice of the ship. It's not that important. It's just a, how they classified ships back then. Um, it got beached on the Italian peninsula during a patrol. And so Rome took that ship and copied it plank for plank. Wow. And within only several months, built a fleet of hundreds of ships. And while they were building the, sh the fleet, trained their rowers on land, uh, like, like mm -hmm. recruited a bunch of people, essentially yeah. drafted people, trained rowers, copied the Carthaginian ships ship, ship for ship, and then set them out to sail and ended up beating the Carthaginians at sea in the First Punic War, also beating them at land in Sicily and winning the First Punic War. That's 
the one that comes to, comes to mind originally is like wow. direct plagiarism to win a war. Uh, blew my expectations out yep. of the water. That's a fantastic <laughs> fact. It's not music, oh, but no. we can't say they weren't rapping on those ships. That is true. <laughs> that is true. What were they doing while they were training? They, had, they, had, to, they had to keep beats. Yes. They had to keep shanties, dude. Yes. Yeah. Sea shanties, which of course had a great resurgence in 2020. Yes, they did. They did. Yeah. I remember that. Uh, another music fact, though, when the Roman legionaries uh, would, after they won battles, they would sometimes get a triumph, which meant that they got a parade through Rome. And they would sing, traditionally, they would sing songs about their general, like really raunchy songs about mm. their general to like insult their general. And Caesar had a lot of bad songs sung about him, of like his soldiers singing about him, sleeping with the wives of all the senators, um, getting. Uh, essentially raped by an older man. Uh, just a lot of rough stuff, but wow. they were singing. Just uh, you know, and maybe it, it mirrored some of the um, not, not necessarily fully appropriate themes of '90s rap. Yeah. So they might have been rapping. You know? that, is, that is fair. I love hearing about historical vulgarity. Like, oh yeah, like people just just people make jokes. In the past? It. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> yeah. like, what? It's like people, you know old fogies for lack of a better word but like you know we were much more well behaved back then it was like you just what just wasn't on tv yes. you know yes you only see the people that wrote stuff down not the normal people who were drinking in the pubs and, that's so true and, and you know doing they, did, they didn't have podcasts they yeah. had podcasts we'd get to see it all oh my god that's imagine true. imagine like old roman podcasts <laughs> that'd be awesome um you can't cut this out no if it, if it um doesn't go well, we but I propose: Is there something that you want to ask me? Oh, some sort of fact. That's a good about one. music, considering I know it better than your left hand. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let me think about. It. I, I. And if I if I can't come up with something, we will uh, unceremoniously delete this audio. <laughs> <laughs> I think even if it crashes and burns, it has to stay in. I think that the the interesting thing about questions like this is is listening to how you think through oh, like, yeah. think through it. And so I guess the question would be what's the oldest music you know of? Like like is there any ancient like ancient music or I don't want to say like Beethoven's way too modern. Right. That is, that you know of as, that has like been utilized by artists, like modern artists. Like you, we, we've been talking about Great. like stealing, right? And so like, is there any like, like we have evident, like evidence of ancient music. We have like some yeah. musical, like, like we know what it, some of it sounded like. Like, do you know of any examples of like that being done? Like people using... Like something, like oldest example of something that somebody's like reappropriated. Yeah, right? yeah. For example, like I'm right now just because I'm on like reusing like ancient Roman music, which is I don't really know anything about ancient Roman music yeah. actually. But like using sim, like pulling from that and using it in modern music. Um, like, do you know of any old examples of that? I mean, thing that comes to mind just speculating would be hymns. Mm. Any religious song or some sort of, um, yeah, it's like you hear about and you see like ancient instruments all the time and people still like use 
those kinds of things, you know, like, I don't know, lutes and mandolins from like the middle ages and stuff mm-hmm. like that. In terms of like ancient history, that is like something that I have not delved very much into mm-hmm. because like, I'm just generally not as much cause like, I think a lot of things like you can trace back a ton of shit to um, things that people typically study in like Western music theory classes, like classical music or something like that. Yeah. You can go as, as old as that and somebody has sampled it, you know, like big, really popular songs that we hear in, let's say cartoons. Like, it's very interesting that the, the prime demographic for uh, <laughs> classical music is like, in terms of how much of a percentage of the demographic listens to classical music is like very young children and the elderly. <laughs> and like you have a gap where you don't listen to classical music unless you're Shanghai, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like when we were all kids, we heard classical music all the time. And when we're, you know, we associate classical music with old people. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell I'm like, just think about you're spouting other thinking, facts because thinking, I don't yeah. know the answer. We're thinking out loud. Yeah. I think that that's, that's interesting because it's like you're saying like we are we sample so much from the classical era, and that's the point when we started to really like write music down. Mm-hmm. So that's when music becomes available to us. So like everything that has yep. been, is like really available to us has been sampled. Well, that's when Europeans started writing. Music. Europeans, yeah. So the the question is like. But like all obviously like Beethoven, even though we can't see it, was definitely taking from other places. Yep. Yeah. Like not everything he wrote was original. And so then and then who he stole from stole from someone. And so it's like even though yeah, even though we it's hard to know exactly like, oh yeah, you stole this Roman tune, it's like at the end of the day, if you were like God looking at the music, you could say like this series of five notes came from this religious hymn that was mm-hmm. sung at the festival of Jupiter in Rome on this day that was composed by this artist who stole it from an Egyptian song. Yeah. And, it, and it's like, and this song is now in one of Kanye West songs. Yeah. Something like that. And it's like, so you, but it's like, it's impossible for us to know that unless we can actually have like the, the evidence. And I think, yeah, it's like when Europeans started writing it down, now we're able to sample it. If we could get, you know, if we were able to get the writing down of all the other music throughout history, it probably would mostly be sampled uh, if it was good. And I think, for the most part, I feel like music that gets written down is probably most of the good stuff in history. Yeah. But yeah. Shaja, do you have any knowledge on this? Yeah, actually. It was a great change of question from the beginning. Um, I, I think one thing, one particular piece that comes to mind. Um, this, this was a piece written by Igor Stravinsky, late 1800s, early 1900s. Stravinsky, uh, he, he wrote a lot of just like extreme Russian exceptionalism music. Like the, the Tetris theme song. But there's there's a very probably Stravinsky's most famous piece, Rite of Spring. Um, it's um, part of it is it's an homage to old folk songs 
and like ritualistic songs that he like went out on like the Russian steppe, like the Siberian steppes, and like stayed with all these tribes that like passed down these songs in oral tradition and all this other stuff. And I, I like the point that you especially made, Jared, where um, things once music notation was a universalized by Europeans, globalizations, European colonialism, blah blah blah. We can we can go down that rabbit hole later. Um, that was when things became more readily available to be sampled. But in like older examples of sampling, these people needed to go to like <laughs> other places, indigenous yeah. peoples, like subaltern epistemologies, and like figure that stuff out. Um, and that's kind of like an example that I think of with like Rite of Spring going over to these Slavic steppe people, hearing these melodies, hearing these chants from these indig indigenous, presumably even ancient tunes that were just passed down generation by generation. But that was like the oldest like example of sampling I can think of, I yeah. guess. And it's I mean, also like impossible to know, mm -hmm. unless you have it written down, it's impossible to know if those tunes we're a thousand years old or a hundred years old. Totally. Sure. And it's, that's, that's the tough thing is like in, in any investigation like this is like, yeah, you don't, we can't be sure unless it's written down, but yeah, like that, like, like you said, like that of course was happening all the time. Mm -hmm. Like whether they were like, he was very intentional. sounds like about what he did. Yeah. But like unintentional inspiration happened and that's how you know, music in general. I feel mm -hmm. like it's like that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks for coming to the audience. Wow. Note to stand. Oh, wow. Uh, great note to wow. end. Uh, there you go. Wow. Well, Dom, it was a pleasure. Thanks for being our fourth ever guest on the podcast. I'm sure the zeros of listeners out there will really enjoy this Thanks episode. Thanks for having me. Or the ones. Or the ones. Growing Jesus. every day. That's right. Hockey stick Hockey growth. growth. <laughs> nice. You know all the buzzwords. Yeah. Yes. Well, Jared, it's great to have you here in person as well. This uh, maybe we can make this more often, perhaps, perhaps right. starting this fall. Starting this fall, there will be many in-person podcasts, and maybe even um, one more before I go. Um, I'll be in Seattle about a week, so there might be time for another another encouraging thing. Maybe two people in the audience next. Time. That that would be a concept. that would be insane. <laughs> well, until next line, next time, everyone. Thanks for listening, and thanks again, Dom. Yeah, thanks for having me. Talk See soon. you, everyone.